So, listen to the Out of Office podcast. One up the bum, no harm done. I will not have her tunnel banded around this office willy-nilly. I can make that dream come true too, a.k.a. for you. Eat it out. There's people starving in the world, which I hate. Oh, love me. Pathetic. Evening, Steve. How are we doing? Good. I'm excited. I'm pumped. Yeah. Big night tonight. I think this could be, I mean, we say this every week now, but big night, biggest night, potentially. Biggest character. Got, what are we saying? It's got to be up there. He's certainly one of the most talked about characters. Um, and one of the most intriguing, I think he's, he's one of those characters that is obviously fully brash and big and, um, a bit of a knob really, but <laughs> you kind of think, might be not Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, that's it. Ralph, Ralph himself, you know, what, a, what a career, you know, Star Wars, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, working with Steven Spielberg, countless other films and projects Wait. starring in Hollywood films. Incredible. And, uh, yeah. What, what more can you say? An absolute heavyweight of, uh, for sure, of acting. The, yeah. the body, the body of work, it speaks for itself. Um, yeah, incredible. And to to think that it, it sort of come from a lot, I suppose, a lot with the other guys, with Mackenzie and with um, with Martin. You know, working some yeah, of the they're... biggest franchises that you've ever heard of. Um, all from little old The Office. Humble beginnings. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's, we can uh, also, although Peep Show will claim her, Olivia Coleman was in the office first. So that Oscar, we'll we'll take that ex ex office. Yeah, uh, we'll have that. We'll have that. I've been uh, I've been rewatching a bit of Broadchurch as well, actually, lately. <laughs> so uh, yeah, watch yeah, out for the Broadchurch podcast. Yeah, maybe we should do the Broadchurch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I, I'm I'm thoroughly excited about this, and uh, I can already feel. My, I've been on the whiskey a little bit beforehand recording, and I can already feel the voice just getting a little bit deeper. We're rambling. Should we? Should we get to the main event? Should we bring let's, Ralph in? Let's get him in. Hello there. Hello. There he is. How are we doing, Ralph? How are you? Very well, mate. You? Yeah, that is. That looks like a very professional setup. Yeah, but it's a shame a little bit. No, I do. Um... I do quite a lot of voice work, so uh, I got it all set up before lockdown started. So, uh, uh, I see. Yeah, been uh, doing a lot of work from home, which is good. Clever man, clever man. Uh, preparation. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be careful because I know that, that so many of the things that you say will be office quotes, so I'm not going to know them. So excuse me <laughs> if you drop one in and I actually I don't get it. It's... Uh... Yeah, it's it's funny you say that. It's um, it's it's sometimes easy to forget that obviously you guys, it's it's been twenty years and it's a job, and but for us idiots, it's kind of become part of our lives. So uh, yeah, apologies if we uh, no, not at all. It's an absolute pleasure for you uh, for you to join us. I think probably when uh, when we started this, I think when we asked the listeners whoever they want to hear from, it's always always Ralph, it's always Finchy. So uh, huge thanks for uh, for joining us. Appreciate it. Taking the time out. I'd say the the first thing that we of course have to say is Leeds are doing well. 
can imagine how many times I've been tweeted that over the last uh, the last couple of weeks. Obviously, I do. Uh, I'm sure this this podcast is about those funny stories. There is a funny story involved with uh, with that line, um, being that uh, I'd always played Finch because that was in the Christmas special, and I'd always in my head imagined that uh, Finch was a Man United fan because at the time they were uh, doing very well, and I imagined that he'd be a, a soulless glory hunter, as it were. <laughs> uh, and then uh, when Ricky wrote the line, uh, or, or sent the script out for it, and I got that, and it was just a bit like, I can't quite resist it. So <laughs> I, I, went, uh, I thought, I, I never wanted Chris Finch to be a Leeds United fan, because obviously Leeds United is something I love dearly, and he's something I hate very much. <laughs> uh, so I didn't want the two of them, but I couldn't quite resist it. So yeah, I, I've had a lot of um, Leeds United-related content. <laughs> Leeds United office related content over the last couple of weeks. If there's one yes, time that you're not going to mind it, though, it's got to be when they've just won the league, surely. You can oh, handle absolutely. it then. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't mind it anyway. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when they win the league, it's all glorious. Yeah. Very good. It's been, a, it's, it's been an interesting one, actually. I think, I mean, not to go into football too much, but I, I think that Leeds are well equipped to. Uh, to be fine, looking at the teams that have stayed up this year. I can't see any trouble there. I, well, I, I think that it, obviously great £100 million players are, are all are, are incredibly important when you're one of the big sides. But I think there's Chris Wilder showed with Sheffield United this year. If you've got a good imaginative coach with a, a solid bunch of players, you can achieve a hell of a lot. And I think that Leeds in Bielsa have got the best coach possibly in the world. Uh, and he's got amazing stuff out of not a limited bunch of players, but I can still see him getting more out of them and doing quite well in the Premiership. But I don't want to jinx it. Wanted, at, uh, wanted at Barcelona, isn't he now? Is that the latest one? Messi wants him. Well, Messi wants him now, but I can't, I can't see him being interested in that. He's a, a much more soulful person that wants much more kind of complete charge of the project. And I can't see him going yeah. into the politics of, a, of an enormous club like Barcelona. Um, it's a good shout. Yeah. Can't imagine him living above a in a little flat, is it above a shop or something like that? In the, yeah, yeah, rather Barcelona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the same. Flat, flat on Las Ramblers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's uh, as I say, it's an absolute pleasure to have you uh, to have you join us. And uh, to be fair, we don't. Um, I think there's. Uh, a lot of mysticism around the character and uh, and about yourself in terms of how it came to be. I don't know if anyone's really heard much from you over the over the past sort of twenty years or so since the show aired, and uh, I think everyone's dying to kind of just hear Finchie's side of the story a little bit, really. Um, cool. But had you had you had much interaction or or much body of work before the office, or was that kind of like the the big break? I guess it's probably. Well, I think like I was. Break. I think I was one of the. Uh, the cast that had done quite a lot of work before. I'd been acting like eight, eight or nine years uh, before The Office, and I'd done like five series of a of a show called Playing the Fields, like a northern drama set around a women's football team. I'd done some some film work. I'd done First Night, uh, which was kind of like the big budget films that year. So I'd I'd, I'd had a certain amount of experience, but. Um, were very different to anything like The Office. It was, yeah, it was, it was very different in all sorts of ways. They, 
uh, I got sent a VHS because it was that long ago of uh, <laughs> of the pilot episode that they made. That I'm sure you know about. Yeah, they made the the year before uh, of the show with uh, a voice behind the camera interviewing and stuff like that. So it was different, but it was essentially script wise the the first episode. Uh, they sent me that and some kind of ideas for this character. Uh, and so I watched that and it was just, oh my God, that's terrifyingly good. Um, the, the, you can see straight away, it was just obviously like, you know, the, the interaction between the, those central four characters was just like genius. So you could, you could see that straight away. Um, and yeah, trying to find a character they were trying to find a character, I think, to make Brent not look like such a cunt, as it were. It <laughs> had to be a case of, uh, you know, you, you watch the first couple of episodes and you start to think, this guy's a wanker, this guy's a And then you start to really dislike him. And then I turn up. And then Chris Finch turns up. And then you kind of go, oh, no, that's a cunt. <laughs> uh, and I think that, yeah, that, that was that was the, the idea behind the character. Uh, that's what that's what his role was. So I uh, had these had these kind of ideas for the character sent to me, and I went to do uh, two meetings. I think first with uh, Ash Atala and Steve Merchant. At first, did a you know, had a chat about it, did a bit of improvisation, and then with them, and which all went all went very well. And then I went, I met I think Ash and Ricky the second time. It might have been Steve and Ricky, but uh, Ricky the second time did more improvisation, and I was on my way to um, a kind of dinner out with old mates from school in London. Kind of, uh, they did come down to London, so it was going to be a really kind of very chasers, Finchy kind of day out, and I was actually in the suit waiting to go out. <laughs> Right, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. So I was kind of a uh, yeah. I think maybe I was I was on that vibe, and uh, yeah. Obviously, the improvisations went well because I was warming up for a, uh, you know, a ridiculous night out in town with like six or seven Yorkshiremen. So uh, yeah, the the interview went well, and yeah, got the part. Love that. Love that. So nice. you've got your lads, 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 night out to think. It was, it was a bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain to them, uh, to explain to them why I was kind of like dressed up in a suit. Because uh, actors do dress up to a point for auditions, but you know, to turn up in a suit to, to play a guy who wears a suit is a bit wanky. You've got to be a bit more subtle than that. I had to explain what I was doing. And uh, thankfully, um, Thankfully, they quite liked the idea that I was about to go out and, and do the character for real. Do you I, think, I, uh, I always maintain that Ricky, Ricky DeVoe still thinks I actually am Chris. But... <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you think he was like innately just a bad person, or just that it was a kind of it, he was just an absolute personification of that lads, lads, lads vibe that you mentioned? I think. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I wish it to be too deep, but you know, you you have to you have to think fairly deeply about about what makes people what they are when you play characters and uh the amount of damage that's caused to somebody to be as locked down as someone like Chris Finch is, who, who can be so narcissistic, who can 
uh, reinvent everything in front that's in front of his face, completely reinvent it without a second thought to make it about him and, and to make him look good and to make other people around him feel bad. He, uh, Donald Trump obviously was around, but uh, <laughs> at the time we played it, but it, almost like if I, I kind of feel that if if I played the character now, people are like that. It's ridiculous. He's just like. A piss take of Donald Trump, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's that it, people like that are, are so damaged, and you don't know what. I never quite went as far into exactly what it was, but there's a lot of psycho psychological damage that makes people that cruel and that heartless and that, yeah, almost uh, unforgivably cruel. You know, most most characters that you play, however bad they are, I tend to play bad guys of, of various kinds. Um, and you can always find some humanity in them. Uh, and I still think he's pretty much the only character I've ever played that I didn't, I couldn't find anything in it. And that was kind of quite nice about him in a way that he was that fucking soulless and that <laughs> much. But, uh, but yeah. Well, it was it was interesting when we spoke to Lucy. She said that there were times that, you know, the rest of the cast they'll be sort of chatting and getting on before they the, the scene actually starts, and um, you'd come along and she could just see that there were times when it was just like, oh, I'm going to have to be Finchy again. He's such <laughs> such a prick. <laughs> I'm going to have to get into this character to be Finchy. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a choosing that uh, I mean it, it, it was one of those characters that you wanted a really good long shower when you came home from work <laughs> it's not it's not nice inhabiting that uh, that character for very long um, but also uh, the, the way they filmed it the way it was filmed um, a lot of rehearsal very very long takes uh, so you'd rehearse and rehearse for, for hours essentially to do a scene almost in one take, and then you pop in for a couple of close-ups afterwards. But the main scenes that you see in it are, are pretty much one take, like rehearsed like a theatre piece, and done. And because whenever Finchie arrives, it's all about him. They're quite big scenes to get in your head. So if you're going for a take that's going to last like three minutes, you've got a lot of blocking to do, you've got to take notes as to who you're looking at at various times. There's a few, a lot of stuff that you've got to get in your head before you do, before you turn over on it. Uh, and maybe because I'd, I'd got used to working in a more, careful how I say this, uh, in, a more, in a more disciplined, which I think is, <laughs> in a more disciplined environment on, on bigger, bigger budget film sets and TV sets, there's not, there's not a lot of fucking around. To be fair, you know, uh, uh, but on the office it was just constant. So I think what Lucy was probably referring to is is me just desperately trying to find twenty seconds of calm <laughs> before the take started, just to run through my head all the various different things that you have to to get in your head for the take, uh, and that was always particularly hard. I remember at one point. Um, just before going for my close-up on a whole take, uh, Ricky pinched my arms. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Seriously? I'm about to really work. But obviously, it's, it's pissed for him. He's written it. He knows it back to front. It's like, I've 
I'm trying to hold in three or four pages of dialogue in my head here before we do it. You know it, it's all fine. You can fuck around as much as you want. But I, uh, I obviously need to concentrate a bit more, so I didn't quite appreciate the uh, sexual abuse in the workplace. <laughs> it yeah, does seem it does seem like the, uh, the the sort of instances of Ricky trying to put people off have almost become legendary in themselves. When we spoke to a, a few of our guests, you know, mentioned things like um, drawing the most horrific images on bits of paper and then holding them up so they could see, but obviously the camera couldn't. Um, yeah. And yeah, I can I can't imagine that being too easy when that sort of stuff's going on. It was it wasn't easy, and I, I mean I did say yeah, I don't I found it I found it hard. I found the whole um, the whole process difficult because um, I never I hadn't really worked in comedy, and I'd done a lot of other stuff in a kind of a different genre, so it was quite uh, quite unsettling as a, as a way of working because of the way the character is that you have to come in and kind of blow it all away. It took a bit of a it, yeah, it took a bit of work, but um, oh, I can't remember why I uh, why I started on that one. <laughs> it seems like it's 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 the same with Martin Freeman, isn't it? He always yeah. speaks about how he's the he was the most like or that he when it was him and Ricky, he was the most experienced, and yet mm. Ricky had written it. And it was his project, but he was trying to fuck him over and trying to do him over on it. And it but seems he, I, like I, I proper think trained actors like yourselves seem to struggle. Or the most well, you're struggling about playground and it, and it was tricky at the time. Um, but when you see the finished product and you you look at the the detail of the performances, and I'm not you know, particularly bigging up that, I'm big, I'm bigging up Ricky and Steve here in the the way in the direction and the detail uh, of that direction um, was brilliant, and he. The, the, what Ricky did in in a way was created a weird mania on set. It was always my there was always laughter. You were always desperately trying not to corpse. Everybody was. There was always that kind of uh there was a fizz about the set, which is different from um I think yeah, pretty much any other job I've I've ever been on. And yeah, he created that by his the, the mania of his of his personality. And it so adds, I think, to the whole performance of it and the way we, we performed it, looking back at it. It was hard at the time. But I think, yeah, there's a touch of genius in the way that he he ran the set, in a way. Because he was actor and semi-director. Steve was directing. Uh, there was Asha Tala. Uh, there was, so there was a lot of people having an input to it. But the way Ricky kind of was a presence on the, on the set, on the floor just kind of kept the energy going and yeah everybody was kind of on edge in a good and a bad way if you can see what i mean yeah. you know it was always funny but you're also thinking shit i don't actually want to fuck it up because i've got to be professional because we, <laughs> we, all want, we all want to go home tonight uh <laughs> so yeah it, it, it was a, a very specific thing he created on that set and i'm sure he does on on other sets he works on um and it does create a, a, a very specific atmosphere, which I think went a long way to create what the office was. Makes a lot of sense. We, we, we've seen a, a few interviews that you've, you've done previously, and you mentioned that your favourite line is the uh, nearly done. Yeah. Um, and in the car park. 
And we thought, well, we've, you've kind of, you've already been asked that. So you, you know, pe- people know that that's your favorite line. So we thought we kind of flip that and say, you've got nearly done as your, as your favorite line. What's the worst thing for you that Finchie said? There was, um, there was a scene that, uh, that didn't make it in. And, uh, Always a good start. Yeah. Um, and it's really brutal. Uh, and Finchie comes into the office and tells this long rambling joke. Uh, I think it was, I think it was supposed to be in the second series. And Julie Fernandez, uh, actress in a wheelchair, is sat up like right in front of me uh, as I'm stood up telling this big, long rambling joke to the whole office. Uh, which essentially is about, um, <laughs> it's so disgusting. <laughs> was that adult I can tell it. Um, so a bloke, um, bloke's in a club and he's chatting uh, to this girl in a wheelchair and she goes, uh, do you want to shake me? And he's like, seriously, well, how do we do that? And she goes, oh, well, we just got to the park. Uh, it was caught hanging, hanging me up in a tree, and shag my life. And he goes, Right, smart, excellent. So they go off to the park and uh, does the business, and then he puts in the thing and he goes, So can I, can I push you on? She goes, Yeah. So he gets to the door, uh, bangs on the door, thinks, Fuck, this is, this is fucked up. Bangs on the door, runs away. Suddenly the dad's out running after him, going, Oi, oi. He's just running away, pelting it down the street, shitting himself. Dad catches him up, and the bloke's like, "Look, mate, sorry, your hands up." I'm, yeah, whoa. And dad goes, "No, no, it's all right, mate. Uh, most blokes just leave hanging in the tree." <laughs> <laughs> but the worst part of it is not just the joke, which is awful in itself, but at the start of it, when Finch tells the joke, he goes. Uh, this is, uh, what was it? Uh, bloke in a club, bird in a wheelchair comes to it. One of your lot, and see my hands, and he does the mine. Oh. One of your lot does the yes. wheel mine. <laughs> and I remember doing that and doing that repeatedly in front of Julie. And that was the worst, I think, that, <laughs> that he ever was. And it didn't even make it onto the, into the show. Uh, but yeah, I've never felt quite as uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know if to laugh or cry. That's just that's genius. Uh, I'd love to know where that came from. It's it's interesting because with that with that nearly done scene, there was a lot of debate, and I think that even though we know that that is the line, there's still you see online some people that think that they hear no, they don't when she says my yeah. knees hurt, and yeah. I was thinking about it, and that in itself wouldn't have been out of place for Finchie to have said something like that, if that makes sense. It would, it, but it would, yeah. But the, the genius of the line is that uh, it's two words and it sums up the character in two words. It's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not finished yet. I mean, just in two words, it, 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 sums, it sums the character up brilliantly. Yeah. So, no, they don't. It does. But, you know, it, it's, it's a cool line, but it's not, it's not a really good line because that no, scene was... Uh, with a different character in the first series, um, didn't get shot, but it was in the, the script. There's lots of changes uh, 
from scripts to what was shot, what wasn't, and stuff. In the and in the first that was in the first series with a different character. I can't remember who Finchie was abusing then originally, <laughs> but I uh, I actually asked for that scene to come back into. To say, I said, you know, the one thing I really miss about that because it's such a brilliant line. I said, can I have that line for the character? So they yeah they brought that scene with the yes, the different character. That's awesome. Love that. Essentially, from Finchie being a, I guess, someone that you would dislike. I think most people would agree with that. Was it, was it kind of a relief at the end when Brent got his win, and telling him to fuck off? And it, yeah, absolutely, that's yeah, the, uh, uh, kind of the, the win for the character. Yeah, no, very, very much so. That was, uh, that was great. Um, yeah, for him too, and it was kind of unexpected as well. I think. Uh, it kind of yeah. came out of nowhere, uh, which was, yeah. again, the, the genius of it, was that for him to snap at that moment, and for him to snap about, yeah, that when he just found that that moment of love, as it were, or that, that kind of spark of, of, of mutual attraction, which was really, uh, really lovely. The, I can't remember the name of the actress who plays that character, but uh, some of the stuff she does in that is just gorgeous. And you... You really, really feel for him and that kind of the bravery that he gives him just to, to tell Finchie to fuck off is great. So just you just the, the whole way that that Christmas special I think builds up to those moments is great. The redemption for, for all of them. So yeah. Yeah, I loved it when I We ran a poll actually recently, didn't we? We're asking which was the biggest win. Was it Tim and Dawn or was it Brent telling Finchie to fuck off? And I think it was a lot closer than we even thought it would be. I mean, the obvious one is obviously Tim and Dawn, but there's yeah. people who seem to love that that moment. That's uh, that's Brent's yeah, win. I think, but I, I think everybody's, um, you know, the the office has got it's got fantastically relatable characters, which is why it was was as successful as it was. But I think everybody can identify with that moment of uh, selling yourself short to appease somebody you don't respect. You know that whole yeah. kind of the, the, the bullying kind of thing, and the way the way you hate yourself for uh, appeasing people like that. It's not so much you, you hate yourself more than you hate the person. In, in some yeah. sense, definitely. So the um, yeah the the release when he he kind of he found himself, and you know, yeah, I think I think people identify with that frustration of constantly appeasing assholes. <laughs> and never been able to tell him to fuck off. And, you know, he did. And I think that resonates with, with most people because there's depressingly a lot of, of Finch types around. It's, it's, always, it's always good to see a, a bully get slapped down. So I think seeing that um, kind of build up throughout the show and the amount of times that Brent did kind of melt in front of a more alpha male and then mm. for him to get brave at that one you know, one occasion and yeah. and finally turn the fuck off was was brilliant. It was yeah. great. And Finchie loses, loses his ass and looks at his shoes. And I think, <laughs> yeah. I, think it, yeah, I think it's a really cool moment. But doesn't even have an answer. So yeah, yeah nothing, nothing to say. <laughs> Talking of the uh, the fandoms, obviously the, the the nerds like us, I guess is probably the best way to describe it. You've been in the office, which is pretty. Um, niche and very um very tight in terms of the uh, the fans that have followed it it's almost cultish 
Game of Thrones, I guess you could say, is quite similar. Harry Potter as well. Would you would you have a favourite in terms of the fandoms, or uh, I mean, it's it's going to be difficult to choose any on this podcast potentially. But yeah, the Office fandoms are, are very different from the others because say I've I've done Star Wars, Harry Potter, uh, Marvel, uh, yeah, a, a few of those shows that have the mad fandoms so you but in those shows I'm more of a, a completist like the nerds who who want to collect everything or know everything about the whole show might be interested yeah. in my character in Star Wars that appears for like 10 seconds in one of the movies <laughs> or you know, I mean three three Harry Potter movies but I say one line over three movies things like that so I mean, it's very much that kind of really obsessive nerdy collectors that that might be interested in me through that but obviously the office is a is a different thing because Finchie was um a much more you know important and central character to that show so the interaction i get with the office pandem is 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 much more know, focused as it were rather yeah. than can yeah. you send me an autograph as it were but they, <laughs> and, and, to, and to be honest it, it's uh I don't know, it's, um, it's going to be a comment that is an absolute guaranteed winner. But um, it's, <laughs> people like The Office are intelligent people. They just are. We are. We are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I, uh, I, I have the, the very kind of weird privilege of being able to judge people <laughs> um, by what they recognise me from. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, because there's quite quite a few bits and bobs, and uh, the office, like nearly always, are a funny people. To be honest, who recognise from the office, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a show that people love, and I've I've often thought that the people when it came out, I got a lot of a lot of people going, yeah, I just don't get it, and I've heard of it, I don't get it. Uh, and you know, there was immediately people you kind of go, okay, um, strike you yeah. off the list. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't get that, if you don't see that it's it's really good and really funny, if that doesn't make you laugh, then I don't really want to speak to you. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of one of those. It's, it's, it's quite quite a good character judge, I think. I don't know it sounds incredibly pretentious well, because that's, I don't, that's I don't, absolutely I don't, in line. That's but I don't. Exactly. I don't, I don't it's exactly what Jamie Carragher said. Yeah. We had Jamie on. He said, the, he said, if someone says they don't like The Office, immediately I think, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm. I think, exactly. it's, a, it's a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty, uh, I mean, yeah. I think it's a, a good one. Yeah. I've, uh, well, we always say, don't we? It's when you meet, when you're on the table at the wedding, Mrs. Friends, all the extra boyfriends you've got to mingle with for the rest of the day, right? What football team do you support? And and try and fizz a few office quotes across, see if it comes back. And yeah. Generally, you know, you're going to get on. Yeah. Either or. Yeah, it's, 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 it's wonderful to be involved in something as good as it was, but it's, it's also really nice, more recently for me, uh, to uh, appreciate the the effect it's had and the fact that people have, have lived with it and grown up with it. Uh, I think it was almost the last DVD show. It was the last show that people before digital 
still happen where everybody could stream everything. It was almost the last one where people would come back from the pub and stick the DVD on. You know, in my days, it was sticking a VHS of. <laughs> but uh, for the generation that when The Office came out, it was that. So, you know, everybody who was a student at that time, it seems to me, has watched the DVD of The Office so many times that they know the lines better than I ever did, you know, even when I was filming. There's loads of that, definitely. I think the... They don't, they're not doing anything all day anyway, are they? They want more money to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Professor in charge of watching Countdown all day. Countdown, yes. I knew that. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I think the we've seen almost a renaissance in it. I mean, a lot of the people that we've spoken to and the, the conversations we've had are almost now the love of the office is born out of them remembering doing the lines with their friends. And then mm. when they watch the show again, it gets funnier because they're, re they're remembering the interaction they've had with their friends based on those lines. And it's, it's almost circular now as to the point where they can't actually remember watching it for the first time or when they mm. became fans, it's just kind yeah. of built in. and Very similar with, with, the, with, the movie, with the movie, movie with Nolan and I, it was a big, big thing with um, my friends at, at that kind of, time of life we watched it endlessly and endlessly and as as many people do quoted it endlessly it's a very quotable movie but i think it's it's yeah, very similar i can identify with that with the, with the way people are with the office but unfortunately i'm uh, i'm either insecure or not vain enough to watch myself very often <laughs> I, I have seen i have seen the episodes i mean but i've, I've like, re-watched them you know. yeah it must be a uh an interesting one to go back and watch a character that you almost detest kind of yeah really. well, no, I mean, it's not so much to do with the the character i just I, I, yeah i find it a very it's like like anybody i'm sure everybody says when i hear my my, my voice and a voice i hate it that's essentially what being actors like you know you yeah. hear your yeah. voice you hate it you see your face you hate it it's, you, you, it's human vanity you can't quite see past that so um yeah, I'm always quite suspicious of, uh, of actors who are quite comfortable watching their own work. <laughs> 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 I'm teeth them, but um, yeah. as long as the direct director's happy, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. But yeah, I'm, I can't watch it by myself and think, oh, that's great. Yeah, especially over and over again. Not sure that would be particularly normal. Yeah, there's definitely something wrong with that. <laughs> I feel like we've we've been. So we've had some fairly deep discussion, which for us is, is a, if anyone's heard our podcast, a little bit weird, really. So I kind of feel as though I need to bring it back. It's more in line with how we, I don't know, how we kind of relate to our usual listeners. Um, and ask the question. Steve, Steve you what, said office fans are intelligent people. So, you know, let's keep going. That's, that's, that's him saying it. <laughs> saying but, it so. let, let's take it down the evolutionary scale a bit then. Yeah, I've, I've got to ask the question, what is the biggest kitchen appliance you think you could throw over your house? It's about weight rather than size, isn't it? To be it fair. Uh, he's already thinking, he's thinking. Well, really. yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm looking at you know, I've actually got three three-story house, now, so <laughs> thank you, Ricky Jones, for <laughs> the, the DVD, DVD pizza of the office. I've got nice. the floor of my house, but it does make it harder to chuck kettles over. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll have a go. I think I could probably get my George Foreman grill over the house. It's about the heaviest because it's got a good good handle on it. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. You get some shoe shoe <laughs> I wouldn't use the laces in that situation, no. Because, <laughs> because of the handle on the George Foreman grill, I wouldn't have need of laces. Do you think you'd, think you'd get enough grip on the, on the handle there? <laughs> Especially <laughs> if it's, you know, it's been used, it's still a bit greasy. You know, you get yeah. a little bit of drip, drippage. Exactly, yeah. Well, have you ever been asked that question before? I, I, I threw a shoe over the big breakfast house. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Um, years ago, I was like, uh, Johnny Vaughan and Denise Van Outen, and I went on it. And yeah, they asked me to... Uh, to throw a shoe over the house and uh, <laughs> some very strange memories. My son was about two years old and I took him on. He was sat on my lap for the whole interview, and um, uh, which also is another story I must tell you. Uh, but the, um, I took the thing over the top and there was a, an American female WWE wrestler who caught it on the other side and brought it back to me. <laughs> Of course there was. <laughs> 7 a.m. on like a Tuesday morning. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> but the, the story about my son um, was uh, the day we were shooting the scene in Chasers, uh, which was shot in a, a club that shut down now. It was a gay club in on the way into Kingston, uh, up on Thames. And... Uh, we were filming there for the day. It was my son's second birthday and I'd, I'd left the house before um, before he got up and I was going to get back home from work after he'd gone to bed. So it was only 10 minutes away from where I lived. So I asked my wife to bring him down at lunchtime so I could see him on his birthday. So we're there and we're doing the scene. I've got Tiffany, who, Tiffany Stevenson, the uh, stand-up yeah. comedian, and she sat on my, my lap. We're snogging away, you know, doing all that. <laughs> and... The, the lights go up in the corner and he goes, all right, that's lunch. And my wife and my two-year-old son were stood right next to Happy birthday, son. Very horrible moment. My daddy kissing the big-breasted lady. Yeah. Happy birthday. They don't remember anything. They yeah. don't remember anything for their four. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> my wife remembered. Uh, <laughs> that's all the issue. Yeah. That's a shame. <laughs> Yeah, so every time, got... every time she's on the TV, Tiffany, right? This is going off. We'll switch this <laughs> yeah. over. I think. Yeah, yeah I can appreciate I her, that. I met her in I met her in LA uh, in February. She works a lot out there as a comedian. So we met up and I went to see her show. It's doing very well. We need to. Uh, we're going to try and talk to Tiff, aren't we? Yeah, we'll have to uh, see if we can get in touch. Yeah, she's cool. She'll be good. Always happy to uh, chat to anyone that's been in and uh, part of it. Fans are always yeah, happy to hear from them. We have got a little bit of a quiz. I don't know if you'd be up for a, a bit of a quiz. I'll go for that, yeah. Might as well, eh? Um, I know you said that you don't necessarily know all of the quotes, but I think, I've, despite you saying that, I've got a feeling you're going to be quite good at this. All right. Just from a quick chat, I, th I think you've... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to big you up too much, but I think you've I think you've got a lot of this in your locker. All right. Um, okay, so I've got ten I've got ten questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Question one: What is the make of the shirt that Finchie wore on the night out? Zero material. Yes. <laughs> Straight in. Straight in. Oh, hearing those um, words is just, just brilliant. <laughs> 
It's the perfect you know, they brand. After the show finished. They went oh, to the production and shut down. And I used to, uh, there was a voiceover studio I used to work in a lot in Soho, and the shop was just next to it. And I remember feeling a certain pang of guilt when I walked past it. Have <laughs> <laughs> I actually contributed to it being an absolute wank? Right? Yeah. Very good. Um, what make of car does Finchy compare a woman's body to? Ferrari. Ah, there you go, Ferrari chassis. Yeah. Um, right. So that's <laughs> uh, I already know you're going to get this question right what is the name of the club that the boys go out to Chasers Chasers they're absolutely flying um, okay what is David Brent and Chris Finch's pub quiz name or their team name um, yeah um Dead Paris. Yeah. The dead Paris. Uh, found it. He's found it. Okay, Not sure where that came from. He found it. Now, I thought it's, it was something to do with John's sessions. <laughs> that's another lot. <laughs> if you yeah. tell something about John's sessions at another point, isn't it? Millington, please, Everett, sessions. Question five. Who did Brent say was the Cuban leader? Oh, I, did, I did like that scene. Um, uh, Fray Bentos. <laughs> Fray Bentos. Absolutely Bentos. storming. Yeah. Um, it's almost, almost as if I've been sent these lines on social media constantly. For the last yeah. Yeah. You can't argue with that. Um, question six. What is the name of the pub that Finchie threw the kettle over? Oh, I do know this. Um, it's in Chichester. It is in uh, Chichester. It's there. Uh, it's, there. It, it's not my line, is it? It's Gareth's. Or is it, it my line? It is. Uh, yeah, he uh, mentioned it, it briefly. Um, oh, yes. The lamb. The, the lamb. lamb. <laughs> <laughs> that is my line, is it? Lamb pub in Chichester. Yeah, I, I, when I start to explain it. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. I really want to know the process where... Where are you going to peel these out? I've, the methodology is incredible. <laughs> we, we, we generally do a, do a quiz. I've just got a very slow brain. <laughs> but you, you see it so often in our, in our quizzes that people, they go, oh, no, God, I don't know. Oh, and then you just see that spark in their eye and it comes back. And it's yeah. beautiful to see. But sometimes um, it's just panic and they don't know. And they say they don't know, and, and you know when you're trying to look like you're thinking, but you're thinking, oh my God, you're thinking, I'm thinking, and you're not actually concentrating on the question. Whereas Ralph's going somewhere and he's pulling the answers back. I'm like that a lot of the time. Um, question seven, what was Finch's reported IQ? Oh, that is a tough one. Again, that's not my line, is it? That's It's not. Ricky or Gareth. Ricky, I think. Uh, yeah. Mackenzie, uh, 142. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, the next question is a complete the line. So the line begins if you're looking for a seat, love. I remember it being a really shit line because it doesn't work. 
I can almost remember. I can almost think what the line should be. But I remember at the time it was it was a brilliantly shit line because it doesn't actually work. Um, oh, what's it? It's, give me the first start again. If you're looking for a seat, start? love. Is it something like I've got something harder here that you can sit on? <laughs> it's something like that. It doesn't even it, work. But it's part. It it's part of it. It's. If you're looking for a seat, love, you can sit on my face. Right. That's, yeah. So, yeah, completely wrong. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm not often shocked by Finchie, but yeah, that's quite easy. Yeah. So, yeah, completely asked that one. Do say something about. Yeah. There is something about um, something hard you can sit on. Something like there is, yeah. It is part of the same same scene. Uh, question nine then, what did Finchie regularly say resulted in no harm done? <laughs> I get this shouted at me in the street. What at the bum? What at the bum? No harm done. Yeah. That's uh, very yeah, good. I have to, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to stop the quiz, but I've just got to jump in with the worst Finchie story ever. Go for uh, it. My mom. My mum, who was like a teenager when she had me, she's quite young, looks quite glamorous. We were walking through the centre of York. Uh, walked past a very rough pub called the Roman Bath. And uh, I'm walking on arm in arm with my mum. Geezer uh, leans out the pub and goes, Oi, oi, Finchy lad. What up the bum, no I'm done. Give her one from me, son. <laughs> <laughs> I just shut my mum's face. I just went, it's my mother. <laughs> and like the whole pub was kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> 20 people outside. Oh, yeah. yeah that was yeah. one of the moments that I was really not that happy to have played Chris Finch. Yeah. That's not a great one. <laughs> not, with, not with your mum there. Well, that's a compliment. At the time, at the time, it was terrible and you know, all that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so sorry. Carry on with the with the upbeat quiz whilst I <laughs> talked about have anal sex with my mother. Carry on. That's derogatory. Derogatory to a mother. Um, derogatory to a glamorous woman. How can I hate women? My mum's one. Oh, <laughs> oh, there we go. Fine. Um, um, a final was, question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A final question has got a bit of a Leeds sort of angle to it. So mm-hmm. what number is larger league goals scored by Leeds in the last two seasons or Finch's IQ? So we've already identified Finch's IQ, but is that have Leeds scored more or less goals in the last two seasons? Well, seeing as we were champions this year and had a high points total last year, even though we lost in the playoff. I reckon the uh, that's more than 76 goals a season because it's many more points than that. So I'm going to go that Leeds have scored more goals than Finchie has IQ points. Leeds scored 150 goals. Ah, uh, he's got it. <laughs> Closer than I expected, to be fair. One loves yeah. Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fabulous score. Is that a good score? I'd say so. Yeah, considering... I don't know you. 
these quizzes are often very very niche and we've been doing it a long time and the questions have got deeper and deeper so <laughs> yeah i think it's kind of like a, a top gear lap it'd be banging the banging the sort of top third wouldn't it of the board easily oh for sure yeah yeah we should make very good. <laughs> yeah, quite good we should you mentioned you mentioned about getting shouted at in the street there is that I mean, obviously, for, for the people that are doing it, I guess it's in, they, they feel like it's, a, it's an endearment. It's a, I love what you've done here. I'm going to show oh, yeah. you. But Absolutely, yeah. it must be, it must be horrible getting shouted stuff like that, when you, especially when you're walking with your mum. <laughs> yeah, well, in, in those situations, obviously, those, that specific situation was uh, particularly <laughs> awful. But yeah, most of the time, it's just a, 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 when done politely. Uh, it's a it's a validation that people like what you do, and uh, it'd be strange if you got uptight about that. Yeah, I can imagine a situation where I, I don't know, just catch you on the wrong day, so I can imagine that would be quite. Annoying. Yeah, but I guess yeah. you have to. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you sat with your wife and people start dropping the lines at you, you're like, hey, seriously, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're always, we're obviously massive fans, but I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine ever thinking, do you know what, I'm going to go and shout a crude line at an actor that I like in front of his <laughs> wife and kids or something. It just, I just don't get the mentality of that. Yeah, yeah I can imagine, I can, I can, yeah, I can completely imagine it happening. I just don't get what would make someone do that, but whatever. It takes all sorts, I suppose. I'd like to think I'd, I'd be that way inclined, but I could, I just kind of, it's Vinci. <laughs> I think it would just overcome me. Uh, Remember when you said office phones were intelligent? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, there are exceptions. Not emotionally yeah. intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think there's something particularly about, about that character as well, because uh, he's someone that you, you'd want to abuse, and people who like the show would want to be abused by him. <laughs> so that's that, that's part of the thing is that people kind of come up and they go, hey, like, like yeah. they expect you to to be pinchy and to turn around and and cult them off and be really rude to them and destroy them, and you're kind of like, well, I'm a kind of I'm a school governor and a father of two from Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really so I'm sorry I can't I can't come up with the lines that Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant come on with I can't that's just a great point just thinking about it there I, I know you and he's you know he he records videos for mm. um I can't remember the name of the company but um James Buckley friend of the show obviously a big character of mm. Jay from the Inbetweeners he does the same mm. thing and I think you could earn an absolute fortune by doing those 45 second videos. Just cameo. Cameo. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, you earn an absolute fortune. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to see their friend get cunted off by a Finchie? You know what? Yeah. That's got to be, that's, so. that's worth 45 quid of anyone's money. Surely. Well, I do. Um, I do. We I, could do do a few, I do a few over the years for best man speeches. And stuff. I can imagine. Yeah, oh, nice. Caught the people off uh, on best man's features before, but I've never mon I've never monetized it. Maybe it's something I should do. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll facilitate it. Maybe just a yeah. what twenty percent, ten percent, which means it'll be fine. Yeah, just a joint venture. We'll milk it. 
I think would you would you would you have, I guess it's probably too late now, but do you reckon there would have ever been a a Finchie's own story off the back of the office? Oh I don't know, to be honest, how interesting that would have been. Yeah, it's you know difficult. I mean? uh, I think because he, he's such a an irredeemably cuntish character that he only really works in relation to people who you like or you yeah. want to like. And it's I a contrast, think, isn't it? I don't think you can build a character around, uh, build a series around a, a character like Finchie. He's he's good as a as a you know an impact character, but uh, yeah, you don't, you don't want too much of him, otherwise it's unpleasant to watch. Really, it's, it's funny in small doses, but uh, yeah. Get, it gets under your skin after a while. So I don't think I think anybody, I don't think anybody would want six episodes, six half hours of Finchie doing his shit. He's funny for five minutes in the odd episode. But yeah. You'd end yeah. up with uh, what was the friends one? The Joey spin off. Joey. Oh, no one wanted that, did they? No. But in that situation, that could work because at least you like the character. Yeah, yeah. It, didn't, it didn't work, but there was, there was a sense to making that spin off. But I don't think. You'd have to do some pretty amazing writing to uh, to make Finch a lead character that any audience would want to identify with or uh, sympathize uh, or, or empathize with in any way. We know he's a bloody good rep, so maybe Absolutely. on the road on the road to Finchie. <laughs> I did see that um, something else that said that you were a big fan of the the training episode and the safe or dangerous sort of scene. Yes, um, just. Oh, I was just wondering, was it ever kind of sort of put across that you could be in that training episode? I thought as part of Wernham Hogg as a, as a company, um, then Finchie would surely have been in on the training. Cause I, I think he would have added quite a lot to that episode. <laughs> yeah. As good as it was. But, uh, yeah. I, uh, I'd say I love that episode. Um, obviously if you put him into any situation like that, it's uh they were making something quite different. Yeah, I could see the, the, the right word, but no, there was never any any talk of him being in. I think the whole idea was because uh, quite a lot of stuff got cut with uh, Finchie from scripts. Um, and I think the idea was to, because uh, it's funny stuff, a lot of the stuff that got cut was really good stuff, but if you just have too much of a character like that, it does. It makes it a different yeah. kind of show. Um, yeah. And I, at the time, obviously, as any actor would, you'd be like, oh my God, they've got my scenes and stuff. <laughs> but um, but yeah, looking back, it's absolutely the right, right idea. There's, there's, uh, the character's only on the screen for about half an hour over two series and a Christmas special. He's not really there that often. But that's because you, it's too rich a character in a way. You, you, you have too yeah. much of it, you get bored of it very quickly. The impact that it had in that time though is epic. I mean, we we're we're members of various different WhatsApp groups that are based on kind of like office fans and it's literally just a load of middle aged blokes just quite in the office to each other all day. Um and you go into scenarios at work where you've got friends and, and colleagues do that, you know, one in probably one in two quotes come from Finchie in some way. There's there's an office quote for every thing that happens in the world. And it's, I think she's a massive part of that. So to get that after 
like I say, such almost minimal kind of contact with the show. Really, it's, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, no, it was uh, it was an amazing, amazing character to get. Uh, yeah, just great writing. Um, there's a, a a moment with the um, comic relief episode. Uh, uh, he's at the desk and he you know, kissed me on the nose. <laughs> biggest weird, uh, we did it, and I was saying earlier on about the the genius. And you know, I don't use the term lightly. I don't know much about comedy direction. It's not something I've done a lot. Um, but I'd say some of the stuff that Steve Merchant, in particular, did on the office direction wise was genius. When we did that scene, we did it, and I did it even in my head, was ridiculously too long, shagging and all that, <laughs> all that business. And doing it, and did the first take, and Steve was like, no, it's not, it's not long enough. And I'm like, how long does it have to be? And he's like, no, just, just do it. So I did it again, about twice the length, to the point where it was almost, it felt ridiculous. And he went, no, it's, it's just not long enough. So I was like, what the fuck? I, said, I, I, just, I just feel utterly insane. And he goes, that's the point. Just do it until I tell you to stop. So that, all I think was that me trying to think of other ways to gag a pig and squeal. Because it goes on and on and on to the point where it was almost, um, so when you're meditating and you're chanting and all that kind of stuff, you're almost taken to a different fucking place. It seemed to go on for that long. Uh, and I remember just kind of going, the fuck are you going to do with that? That's just shit. <laughs> just like, that's not work. That's just fucking about. Uh, and then when you see it edited, it's fucking brilliant. It's really funny. But uh, sometimes as an actor, you go, no, that's just shit. I can't get how that works. <laughs> but Steve was like, that's what it's going to be. And he was absolutely right. Yeah. It's a good point on Steve. We, uh, We've, we've kind of had the discussion with a few different people in terms of um, obviously how their careers have gone in separate ways almost and you can almost see where some of the series that have come out later are almost merchantless in the in what you'd expect from what, what The Office was um, that kind of attention to detail and the pacing sometimes so yeah we'd love to um, it's another one we'd love to get inside of it because I don't think we've really heard enough from Steve Merchant it's always yeah. been kind of Ricky Gervais's show but um yeah, I think, yeah, there's a lot of underlying genius there from Steve that's, yeah, that's probably gone really, unnoticed. Really good director as well. He's obviously he's an incredibly funny uh, actor and comedian. But as a director, he's, yeah, he's got a really, really subtle eye and stuff like that that you genuinely you don't see uh, that he completely saw. And I, I have no idea how that is in any way funny. <laughs> kind of one of the funniest bits of the character. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I could look in my eyes. I'm just like bored and confused and wondering when he's going to say cut. But it really works. <laughs> <laughs> the level of cringe is just perfect. There's that underlying in the whole series, isn't there? It's sort of just too much, too yeah. much silence sometimes. Too much. Yeah. I've obviously worked with some amazing directors. And I guess, you know, working with someone like Ricky Gervais is going to be completely different to Steven Spielberg. So if from that, that point of view, and I know you kind of alluded to it earlier that it was kind of quite tense at times on, on 
set or on set with with Ricky just because of that mania that he created and it was quite tough to work in the environment that he kind of created by pinching your ass and stuff like that I can't imagine um Mr Spielberg ever came along and sexually assaulted you on set no but but again it's like I say uh, Ricky was doing that to create a very specific thing in the same way that you know Spielberg creates a certain aura on set when you walk on on set with him it it is uh when you walk into a set with Spielberg, everybody's delighted to be at work because they're working with Steven Spielberg. They're the best in the business in their job at the time, and there's a real joy of making films because you're making a film with Steven Spielberg. Uh, so that, it, that has its own energy in the same way that Ricky's energy, his mania, creates a certain... Mm. Certain, uh, that you couldn't create without it. Is there anything um, that you've kind of... Uh, I guess you've done so much and a kind of varied breadth of, of different roles in terms of the categories is there anything that you, you still want to do or anything that's left for you in terms of the next uh, next projects uh so i've got a few a, a few stuff lined a few bits lined up um for the rest of the year which are interesting but uh I, I, if i'm going to be completist of all the things you know i was seven years old when star wars came out so I got to be in Star Wars. <laughs> very, very exciting. Uh, I've um, I've always wanted to be a Bond villain, but I probably have to uh, do with a Bond henchman. But I'd be be quite happy to uh, to do it. To do see it as a Bond villain, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I quite fancy a bit of that. But you know. we've we've already when we did our episode with Kelly Shirley, she said one of her um, her goals would be to be a bond girl so yeah. we, we kind of wrote the character donna kebab so that could be we'll we'll pitch that for the next bond film we'll pitch you as the next bond villain you know let's, let's make this happen i can't see it not working to be honest yeah exactly <laughs> she's worked with so. uh, idris alba who's you know heavily touted to be the next bond so next it all it's works all we're in. We're in. We're in with it, Chris. We'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he has a big say. <laughs> yeah. you, you mentioned earlier about that you had loads of stuff cut from the show. Is there any apart from the the, the obviously disgusting uh, wheelchair shagger story? Are there is there any other kind of sort of memorable bits that were cut that you can think of? Uh, sort of thing that our, our fans would love. Yeah, I uh, I should really have gone through because I've, I've actually got the uh, original shooting scripts. Uh, wow! That we used for the first couple of for the first series uh, before everything was was cut and edited and stuff. So there, there is a lot a lot in there that uh, I should have I should have really had a good look through. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, I, I think it, there was there was more of of Finchie, but. And there were some very funny, more like, you know, the gags, a lot of those kind of him coming in and telling more stories about his single barrel compaction yoga rifle, all that kind of stuff, yeah. that kind of vibe of, <coughs> of scenes. Um, some of which made it, some of which didn't. Um, but I can't remember, to be honest, any any specific ones. Well, it was only 20 years ago, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very... I'm very glad that we've you've mentioned um, single barrel pump action yogurt rifle though. That was going to be one of the questions, right. so <laughs> you can rack that up as another one. <laughs> it's a great line. 
I'm sure that's that's something that gets not necessarily shouted at you in the street, but I can imagine people mentioning that to you quite a lot. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> it's, it's it's a fucking genius line, you know. What I mean? <laughs> as, as an actor, lines like that just get yeah. <clears throat> if you can't um, if you can't get a line a laugh from that line, then uh, you need to give up. Really. Is there any any talk of a a twenty year? Um, Reunion, or I mean, I mean, not that anything would be aired and shot, I imagine, but uh, the cast. Uh, I, haven't, I, I haven't heard anything. I would imagine the BBC will probably do something, um, but whether it's to do with the cast or not, I'm sure that they'll do something when it's been 20 years because well, it's 19 now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it's uh, next this time next year, really. No, next year is when it's done. spoken briefly to, um, to somebody at the BBC in terms of. Uh, trying to collate that in terms of being kind of a voice of the the fans and and we've actually had i mean a vast array of the cast on as well so we'd, we'd love to do something ourselves so uh yeah if there's if there's no big plans we'll sort it out we can all go to the lamb chichester yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah, yeah no, no, she's a show. yeah. bring your george foreman we'll be fine <laughs> love it but ralph we're really conscious that we're taking up uh, a lot of your time I'm sure you've got more important things to do but um, God, can't God, thank God. you enough to feed love it and uh, yeah look thanks from, from us and from everyone that listens uh, I'm sure they'll be absolutely over the moon to, to have heard from you and, uh, and please do you know stay in touch it's, uh, well, it's an absolute pleasure thank you and yeah thanks to your listeners and thanks to everybody for still loving the show thank you so much massive Been a pleasure. massive thanks and uh, cool. I'll speak to you soon speak to you soon, take care yeah. Thank you. Keep in touch, social media, well, uh, yeah. Legend. You soon. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers. cheers Ralph. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, what can what we say? Absolutely incredible. What a legend. Um, I'm just in awe. What an absolute <laughs> hero. It's, it's weird to kind of obviously speak to Ralph, but you can never quite separate <laughs> Ralph from Finchie. And it, he, yeah. I'm sure he would hate that, but that, I mean, what, what can you say? I think in a previous life, not a previous life, but maybe even three hours, three or four hours ago, I would have said he would have hated that. But I actually, I'm, I'm happier now. I feel like I've, I've spoken to him, and he, he does, he does love the, he loves the work. I think. Uh, I was yeah. worried that it was a regret for him, and I don't think that's the case now, which is nice. Yeah, it's nice clearly, to know. clearly dislikes the character, um, but appreciates the genius of the character. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's that's what it's, we want. And it's got him that three-story house that he's going to try and chuck <laughs> a George Foreman over. So, win-win. Bit nervous, bit nervous about the George Foreman. If I'm honest. I it's can't see it. It's a bold statement. They're it's not, just, they're just not, not enough leverage on that handle for me. Yeah, I think he would need a shoelace or a tie. It's going through the, going through the second floor window, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one to explain. I, unless he can kind of, you know, like the old welly wanging, yeah. get it down, bend the knees, and then sort of throw it over the back of the head. If that's yeah. me, that's going straight through the kitchen window. <laughs> You have to let go at the right time. Yeah. You let go too late. Obviously, the trajectory is too bad. And no. uh, but yeah, you let go at the right time. You kind of almost throw it straight up in the air. It's 
Welly wanging days there. So. <laughs> yeah, I was a semi professional welly wanger. I was. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You're the uh, you're the welly wanger, mate. If anyone is. Very good. I, I think uh, I think there's a lot to take from that. I think um, yeah, we'll have to get him. We'll have to get him back, or maybe get him to send us through some of those other bits that were cut like to hear more from that that's a great shout we'll see if we can dig out a bit more info on the uh the gold that didn't make it in exactly i wonder what more horrific jokes there mm. um I, enjoyed that well, joke. I suppose i suppose we had a lot of great guests on from the show and we want we want ricky and steve i'm putting it i'm putting it out there right now oh he's putting a shout out he's putting a shout out we want, like... we want we want ricky we want steve we want asha teller so it's if like, you listen it's like... It's like a boxer. He's just one. Yeah. <laughs> I just put a call out. Yeah. Yeah. Think you're mad enough. So if, if if you're listening to this and you're on Twitter, then all, all we're saying is we need a concerted campaign to get these people on the podcast. So if you can send them a message to say, we need you to go on out of office, that'd be appreciated. I think it's a great show. Uh, yeah, well, look, if you're listening and you think you can make that happen, you know, it's it's normally by overwhelming public demand that these things happen. So, uh, well, that, that's yeah. it. We, we want to do it for you. We want to give yeah. the, the fans the proper the proper insights. You know, you can ask you can ask all these stars about, you know, what their favourite scene is and stuff like that and what do they feel about the, the background of the character and all the intellectual stuff. But we're here to f- ask people what's the biggest kitchen appliance they can throw over the house? So <laughs> uh, this is this is what the real diehards want to hear. Imagine the leverage that Merchant can get. Those, <laughs> that, that body. Tell you what, you can throw anything over a house. <laughs> Maybe that's what we do. We set it all up. 20 years. Let's yep. give them each a kettle. And it's just distance. Who can... Yeah, right. What a shout that we'll is. Work. We'll work on it behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, social media the power of help us out and uh as always like rate subscribe review please stay in touch all your emails tweets etc we do read them all and it's uh it's been an absolute pleasure as always and uh yeah we'll keep going as long as you keep listening see you later see you later